0: Welcome to the Recover You Podcast with Kylene and Patrick Terhune. It's here that we talk about sex addiction, betrayal trauma, mental, emotional, and physical health, faith, and anything and everything needed to recover you to your most authentic self that God created you to be.
1: Hello, Kylene.
0: <laughs> Hi, Patrick. What's well, so funny? Just our conversation leading up to this. I'm, I'm very excited.
1: Very excited!
0: Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this conversation.
1: We were actually talking about how the Bengals have a pretty outside shot to make the playoffs.
0: That's not that's that's
1: not what we were, we were talking about, about. No. huh?
0: Although, congratulations on West Point yesterday.
1: Yep, yep. Army beat Navy uh, six out of the last eight years. They've beaten Navy, beaten, beat, beat Navy. And uh, our son Keegan was at the game.
0: They yeah. won because he sang the, the national yep. anthem in the glee. He was
1: part of the group, in that, the glee club. Yeah, he was part of the group that sang the star spangled banner. That was really cool. And then he texted later and said it's the most exciting football game he's ever been to.
0: Yeah, so oh, now, I can imagine.
1: Now, in his defense, he went to a Bengals game when he was like seven, and then he went to a bunch of high school games, and then
0: he, since he's been there, he's gone to a lot of football. That games. That is true.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ar- Ar- Army Navy is pretty. And he special.
0: went to all the football games in high school, playing in the band.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Army Navy is pretty special. So, um, you know, what's interesting is is uh, what we what we wanted to talk about tonight. And I think this is the last like sit down recording podcast of 2023. There's one more. There's one more that we're going to sit down record. Okay.
0: It may just be me, though.
1: It makes me feel sad. So how do I manage it when I'm sad? What did I do with that?
0: Uh, everyone, as I was giggling, it's because but we were talking about this. Normally, I do the lead-ins to the episodes, and normally I kind of have like a, a little bit of a plan of what we're going to talk about. And today, Patrick's like, I have a plan, and I will do the lead-in. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Like, yep. I, don't ta- yep. I, I don't know what I don't know. I sort of do. You, you mentioned it. But-
1: yeah. So <laughs> anyway, but we you know we wanted to talk. Here we are. It's December tenth, and uh, we've made it through Thanksgiving. And um, we actually uh, just recently had our annual polygraph check-in. Yeah. Um, and so what's interesting through all of this stuff, and then you start to think about, well, what am I going to get for people for Christmas? Did I get enough? Did I not get enough? And so, you know, one of the things that, that we'd like to talk about tonight is managing difficult emotions. And so um, there's a lot that can come up in the holidays. Now we have done, We've been
0: navigating the holidays yep. we've done done navigating uncomfortable emotions or yeah. something like that yeah
1: but I also you know I really do think it's it's a topic that um you have to stay focused on because you know we are emotional creatures and we forget and it's nice to hear that even the most solid of looking people have difficult emotions oh, yeah. you know yeah. and and so you know even you know I I, I know that sometimes I don't know about you, but sometimes I will feel the pressure of working with uh, and getting to know a lot of men who know my story and um, love the fact that we have a podcast and and think it's great how far we have come. And you feel that pressure, right, at times so like mm-hmm. that. That pressure to
0: set the, fact the example. That we've gone public with our story. Sometimes yeah. it makes it harder to share when we have difficult emotions or Correct. when we have bumps in the road or when we, you know, and it have trauma responses that are totally normal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, you know, I think, I think, you know, what I would like to do when we say, talk about managing difficult emotions is, is maybe do a little bit of storytelling from this past week and uh, what, what we went through as we were coming up on the, the annual polygraph. Yeah. So.
0: And I'll, I'll just put my, my contribution to this topic today it because as a as you had mentioned wanting to talk about that, and I was thinking, you know, it might be important to mention from the betrayal side. This is going to look very different when I when I talk all the time about safety being established. So this is going to look very different if you're in the very first phases of established, like you just discovered, right? Like those first three months or so, because managing those thoughts and those emotions and those, um, things that come up, it will be incredibly difficult. No matter how many tools you have, no matter how many resources, no matter, no matter how many people you talk to. um, I would love to say, well, if you do this, this, and this, you'll breeze through it and you won't have, you know, anxiety attacks or, um, these moments of just total panic about what's happening in your life. And I would love to be able to tell you that, And the reality is that while you're still in the phase of feeling like, I don't know what's, you know, I don't feel safe. I don't feel like there's any stabilization in the relationship. That will be just very, very hard. Now, all of those tools and resources help. They make you not feel alone. They help you understand that what you are feeling is very normal, um, that you're, you know, that other people have gone through this and survived. And and all of that is true. So even if you're in that phase right now, I want to encourage you, it is temporary. It is temporary. I think the type of conversation that you and I are going to have today is probably going to lean more towards once you're in that stability, right? right? And what does that look like? So you can be doing totally great. And all of a sudden, kind of what you're going to share here is we we have a bump in the road. Mm-hmm. And what is that? It's a lot of times on my end, it's a big PTSD response or a trauma response um or flare sometimes i will have flares and it's not even maybe something you've done it's just um i'll have you know a dip in my health and i'll have like a, a trauma flare you know or a mental health kind of flare incident and that's it's kind of normal and
1: or eat too much chex mix or eat.
0: <laughs> yeah we can talk about that too yeah and what he's talking about there is we had a christmas party and um oh gosh this is getting into the weeds a little bit but okay if you want to get, you want to get a uh, FDN health focused, gut health focused, uh, briefly. So glyphosate is the primary chemical in the pest or the, yeah, pesticide, um, that we use a lot around the country called Roundup. And, uh, they use it on a lot of grain crops. So it's used a lot in wheat and corn and, um, you know, things like that. And so we, uh sort of inadvertently, if we eat a lot of grain-based products and a, and a lot of like cereal, for example, then we get glyphosate. And the problem with ingesting glyphosate, first of all, it's been linked actually to um, things like cancer and other health concerns, people being exposed to like high amounts of it. But uh, even in a small amount, it um, increases gut permeability. And so when we have increased gut permeability, it leaves us more susceptible to inflammation throughout the body. And so whatever susceptibility you might have, um, you know, genetically speaking or, you know, whatever, then that can flare at the time. So if you have a susceptibility to more anxiety or in my family, like my mom and I, if we eat too much corn, we, or high fructose corn syrup then we'll or like my mom's joints will hurt. My knees will hurt really badly. And it's really, really a pain. And so here, um, the reason Patrick's bringing that up is because we had a Christmas party and it was super fun. And I had Chex Mix, which has a bunch of, um, you know, rice and corn. Um, and so I joke when I'm like, oh, it's a bowl of glyphosate. That's kind of my joke. And if you look at, there's a an EWG um, uh, article from like 2019, where they did a study that, um, one dose or one dose one serving size of like the all of these different cereals that are like really really popular um was over the amount of what is quote unquote recommended and I would say none of it's recommended but over the over the recommended amount of the daily allowance of being exposed to glyphosate for children and nobody measures right nobody's gonna measure the amount of cereal you pour in your bowl so anyway that's so that's why I joke about that and yeah I had a rough, week actually after the party and in some ways. And I think I had a bunch of Chex Mix and um, I had a bunch of M&Ms, which, oh my gosh, they never eat M&Ms. And that's, um, it's a lot of sugar. I had a lot of sugar, but I also had like food dyes and things like that. And so, you know, if you're susceptible to different things and I have that, you know, I have a real functional medicine sort of health background. So I can... For me, I kind of connect to those things, mm-hmm. but anyway, that's kind of what you're.
1: Yeah, and you know, oddly enough, if you're uh, uh, if you're not eating what you're used to, if you're eating, uh, if you're consuming things that are a little bit more. Um, you manufactured in nature, it could have an impact on how you feel and not just how you feel from like your joints hurting, but like emotionally, it mm-hmm. may actually, you may not be as grounded and solid as oh, sure. as, as you can be. So like, if you're having a, uh, what I call dessert, but what everybody else says is Starbucks going through and getting a, a 900 calorie Starbucks. <laughs> I, yeah. I
0: had some, I had, um, I, I did, I had, a, I don't have Starbucks very much anymore. And I had one the other day and that, that day, um, my knees hurt.
1: Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but uh, okay. So uh, the the event that that we went through this week was um, my annual polygraph. So um, we have decided, and and you've asked, and I've you know, said absolutely that we'll do an annual check up a polygraph. And so I think the story that that we everyone has heard is I did one in in disclosure which a lot of people do and then uh this would have been my fourth or this this w- it was my fourth. So um you actually changed up the questions this year um a well, little bit. Well okay
0: so I was in I think I don't know if it was a flare but we we were we had something going on and I was like I think maybe I'd like to change the question. So yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: So you change the questions. And I can tell you, you know, what what my um, having passed the polygraphs, I, I never really feel like I'm going to have an issue with the polygraphs, um, but I don't like them. So I'll, I'll just you know, I'll just flat out, you know, say because I think I think and, I, and, and for those of you who have who have been through a polygraph, I think, you know, they're they're nerve wracking. You know, they're you sit in a chair with um, blood pressure cuffs on and things on your fingers and they ask you questions. You got to keep your eyes open and. And you know they're just not fun. I mean, you know why you're in there, and 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 I think uh, it kind of hit me a little bit that morning is or that that midday as I was driving to it, and I said you know that part of it is is you're relying on somebody else that can impact your so if you have, let's say you have a bad polygrapher or if he doesn't download the software update or whatever it could be right there's a there's a whole notion of things that could throw it off and uh, you're kind of not in control and so there's a little bit of a punitive side to it um, in a, in a sense, or you feel that way, right? You feel that way. And even though, you know, I was like, "Hey, I got nothing to worry about. Right. And so you showed me the questions. I had nothing to worry. There was one on there that said, uh, um, and I'm going to paraphrase, is there anything you're hiding from me or lying to me about or something like that?
0: Um, I think it was the reason it ended up not being a good question. I think it was because it is there now, or has there ever been, something you are hiding from me intentionally or something like that. And yeah, my, my point with the question was sort of like, but is there something you're lying to me about? specifically like you're hiding something intentionally that i need to know was sort of like the intent of that question but i didn't word it as well and if in our other i think we've done an episode on polygraphs right and so the the formation of the question is very important because it needs to be a question where it's an easy yes or no the guy does not have to overthink the answer and apparently i worded it in a way that did not produce that outcome. It produced the opposite and you were overthinking it right.
1: So going into the polygraph, I was a little bit nervous, like I always am. And uh you and I would talk about it. And I think I even voiced it. I said, "Hey, I'm a little nervous. And mm-hmm. and uh but I, you know, I had passed three already. So I was like, well, you know, it's just me being nervous and it's not really an issue. And and I remember kind of thinking on that question, like kind of thinking, well, you know, she's probably talking about You know, in my addiction, is there anything I'm hiding, like a burner phone? You hear these stories about, you know, guys will be like, hey, go look at my phone. They have covenant eyes on their phone or something like that. But then they go, they go get another burner phone and, or, you know, different things like that. Right. And so I was like, oh, no, I'm fine. You know, I mean, there's nothing going on. So, but I was really nervous and I was really voicing what was nervous. And that was a really kind of difficult, I could feel it. I wasn't as attentive through the week. I wasn't as, uh, as just kind of easy going and flowing in in my emotions. So anyway, we go to the polygraph and uh, I I, I go to the polygraph and uh, we go through it and it's a process and all of these different things. And And by
0: the way, the guy that we have is amazing.
1: He is amazing. He's
0: really nice. He's really thoughtful. He's really careful.
1: He knows, yeah, he knows that that they're scary. He knows that they're emotional and he knows- He's not
0: trying to trap you. No, he- He's trying to help you pass. Right, he's
1: using it as a tool to, um, I think, generate positivity as opposed to a tool to generate negativity.
0: Which is yeah. how we view it. It's a right. tool to build trust. If you choose to go through reconciliation and you choose to get a polygraph, the goal is for it to be a tool in building trust. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: So I sit down in the chair and I'm going through the polygraph and my mind is all over the place. It is swirling. It is, is. You
0: had all that checks Mix, I'm telling it's you. It's
1: because I had all the checks Mix. Yeah. Yeah. I had some m too. Um, <laughs> But it was really interesting. I could not, and in previous polygraphs, I'd been able to to settle myself down. Mm -hmm. And this was really hard. It was just really all over the place. And uh, so the polygraph ends and he goes, hey, what's going through your mind on this question? Like he asks it right away. Mm -hmm. And I I was like, oh no. And my my whole temperament just dropped Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: I was like, I I failed the polygraph and I'm going to have to come home to you and we're going to have to talk about this and I'm not doing anything. What's
0: interesting is, you had the questions in advance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: uh You even said something to me as you were going, and I was like, "Well, you know, if anything happened at this point, at this stage in to the game, the
1: the doubt. I would yeah. give
0: you the benefit yeah. of the doubt." So, like that, sh- you know. So, anyway, keep going. But, yeah. I'm sorry, but so, you, you're going into it with that all of that information. Right,
1: absolutely, absolutely. And and I also know, like, like part of me, you know, because I, I, I said this to him, and I've said it to other people, like, you know, to to accomplish good you know what is good in life sometimes you have to do hard things and you know this is no different and I really do believe that sometimes you have to do hard things you know what I mean to get through things you know what I mean like any any sort of major objective that you're you're going after is hard Mm -hmm. at times and this is one of those things so I'm not like you know I'm not just dismissive I don't talk bad about it behind people's back you know I think it's a good tool and so he goes what's going through your mind and I said I am just I'm all over the place I can't like I, I I was thinking because sometimes I'm a slow processor, so I'm like, am I being open and honest with Kyleen about how I'm feeling um, as as often as I should? And, and he was like, he actually said, he goes, listen, I thought it was a bad question when you came in, but you were so confident the way you always come in, very confident that I didn't think anything of it. You had no issue with it. He goes, so we're going to change the question. So he said basically he put he an, added, like in your addiction. In the addiction, yeah. Right. He just
0: added like two words or something. Yeah,
1: and then we went through it again, and I passed. It was it was no issue. So then, but I still feel horrible. I feel like I've blown this thing. I mean, and he's upbeat. He's like, "Good job, you passed," and I'm like, "No, I," you know, internally, I'm like, "No, I didn't." Um, and uh, so he's like, "Well, do you want me to?" You know. Do, do you want to call your wife and let her know that that we, we changed it or he goes or do you want me to i said i'd probably be better if you did and so he called you and said hey and he was really nice and kind of explained it to you and um you know and, and what i think he i think the words i remember was you're not really supposed to be that broad on on a polygraph it has to have a targeted side to it you know and, and
0: every the way he worded it i think was that everything needed to be applicable to the addiction because that's what you're being tested on right, right um and so that's what he sort of he's like so i added that in yeah yeah, yeah. or something to that about. right
1: right exactly and then he's like all right man good job i'll send you the report and you know and then then i left and he was all upbeat i'm walking out to the car and it feels like a death sentence it feels like it feels like um then so i'm having this quasi panic attack right okay. it's, I it's what i think yeah. you had
0: the panic attack in and i'm not sure you've ever really experienced that For me, I think I would have been, oh, (laughs) I'm panicking. Welcome to a familiar sensation of rumination and OCD and ADHD thoughts all happening in my brain at once. And I think that's like one of the first times that that happened for you. And so in the moment, you were like, what is going on?
1: Right, right. And because once again, I can always generally center myself and mm-hmm. you know go go you know get myself locked in mm-hmm. and say okay let's go ahead and go through this I'm actually I'm very good like that in, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways yeah. you know and just could not in this thing yeah. and so I I got into the car real quick and I debated really fast should I just drive home for a little bit and just kind of like, clear my thoughts or should I call you and I decided to call you and so um, because I was like I was like I know you're going to be like why didn't he call about changing the question beforehand? You know what I mean? And all of these different things, you know, and and it's,
0: I think he had done that before. He did. Yeah, he did. There was something You had
1: added a fifth question. He says, I can't do five. I'll blend it into it. Yeah. so he had
0: done that ahead of time. Right.
1: And there's, there's actually something, as you go through recovery, it's called the double bind. And the double bind is you have to choose you. You're faced with a, with a choice either way.
0: Between a rock and and a hard place. And
1: what you perceive is that neither one has a good outcome. Right. Or, or, or neither one is, is, is easy. There might be right? a right
0: outcome, yeah. like there's both of them. It's like a rock and a hard place. Both of them are hard outcomes, difficult yeah. choice.
1: Right. So yeah. I really felt like that was a huge double bind at that point because I was like, you know, I can go home and not talk to you for a period of time, but I am going to have to talk to you when I get home. And if I, if I don't call you right away, you may think like, well, what's going on. Yeah. You right. always
0: call me on your way home. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, let's just, let's just call and let's, just because, you know, I was like, are you going to be mad? I have no idea how you're going to react to this thing, right? And so.
0: Oh, you have little faith.
1: Yeah. So we got on the phone and uh, you were a little bit like, why was that question hard? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs>
0: Well, no, what What happened on my end was, yeah, well, the, my, my thought process was kind of like, you are not like that. You're not an overthinker. You're not a ruminator. So as you started to describe to me what happened, I started wondering, well, why was that a difficult answer for you? If you knew my intention and you knew what your answer was, that your answer was no and you had the question ahead of time – why all of a sudden were you panicking? So then I was like, okay, well he added these two words in addiction. And I was like, is there something else you're hiding from me outside of your addiction? Because that was the question, right? Are you right. hiding anything? Yeah. And um, and as you described it, I was like, oh no, you're I
1: mean, like that's Tuesday lunch for me. That's how your mind works, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: I basically, as you described it, because I, I, the way my brain works, my this is not your weak link. This is my my weak link that my brain is a very ruminating, I have tendencies towards OCD and ADD and rumination and all this, it's just very hard. My brain is not an easy place to live sometimes. And so when you started describing your response to the question and walking me through the process, I knew fairly quickly it wasn't that you were trying to hide something from me is that you were over analyzing while you were trying to tell the truth to make sure that you passed the question and so basically as soon as that clicked like I understood and and I could relate it so much to how my brain worked that I was like, okay, I get it. I think what took me off guard, though, was really just that it happened because you are usually so self-assured, especially with addiction recovery, and your answers are like, I know who I am, and I, I know what I've done, and I know what I'm not doing. Right. And so that's where I had to just like think for a minute, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, actually, I just thought of this. when he When he shifted the question around, there was a question that was part of that series was... Are you in, te- do you intend to tell Kyleen the truth? Mm-hmm. And what's so funny is as he went through that, I almost, I was like, because I was so traumatized because I had, I was like,
0: yeah. You were so inflamed at that point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so it's I was, hard. I was like, yeah. yes. And he was like, okay, you're, you passed. I was like, oh my goodness. And so, uh, so anyway, I, it was, it was a hard conversation. I did not yeah. feel good um, all the way home. And so I had to really try to think through why I felt like I had failed. Cause I still, I felt for a long time that I had failed that test. Mm-hmm even though you know we got the report even before i got home and it said you know no deception noted so i mean he actually you know it was the report was already out and so it just felt really odd really odd and so that night i was kind of worn out and uh really kind of just emotionally spent and um uh went to bed early that night um got up the next day feeling pretty good starting to resolve things and then it's the morning went on I was like something's going on with you and uh
0: sure. Well, this is I think a, a I don't I don't know if it's a dichotomy it's a pattern that I think we haven't really talked about with in the podcast yet but it's something to kind of let people be aware of that like if you haven't experienced it yet I think this is normal and this is common that Once you kind of get into the stability phase, you're going to take turns sort of being there for each other as you process. So you're going to process things. And this might not always happen. You might both have an issue at the same time. But what we've noticed a lot through our recovery is that we will essentially take turns. And so the day that you came back, you were so stressed about it. And, like, deep in my core, I knew that you had told the truth. So I knew that the focus that night was to make sure that you were okay and to kind of calm you down and make sure you, like, could go to sleep and like be know that everything was fine. Right. Mm -hmm. But as much as that was a kind of shook you, that that was a different pattern. I woke up the next day and it kind of shook me too. I was like, this is weird. You know, this is, Mm -hmm. and, and there's so much, um, I just felt like angry that day. I just felt like a lot of irritation, anger. Like this is like, you know, this whole process is not fair. Right. In a lot of ways, like, um, to to the betrayed partner it's just so much that we didn't sign up for right and so um that so once you kind of were safe basically right and stabilized then and we slept on it then the next day my emotions had space to come up and and i was kind of processing the whole deal as well so we kind of took turns on that um which again i think is kind of normal once you're at a certain place you know and and know that it's okay to feel all your feelings.
1: Right. And what's interesting is as I woke up that on Thursday morning and I felt really good. And by the time I had interfaced with you and noticed that you, I know. you know, and, and I was, I, I, I believe I, I was being empathetic and I was doing all of those things, but it set me back down again. You know what I mean? And so we went to dinner that night and got home and I, I remember I was just so tired. And yeah,
0: works uh, out. yeah.
1: And and I was, I think I even said to her, I was like, no discussions tonight. I just need to go to bed. And so didn't
0: think I was bringing anything. In. Yeah, I, think I was just like out of the blue. You were right, like, right. <laughs> "We're going to bed." Well, I
1: think I was trying to set expectations. Like, I really need some sleep. And so, like, I, I think even when we got in bed, I rolled over. I was like, "Hey, do you want to talk about anything?" You know, I mean, I knew like I didn't want to be a complete, you know. But then by Friday, we were improving, and, and, and we were actually. I think doing we just good.
0: needed the space yeah. to like, yeah. and that's the thing. Okay, so we're going to talk about managing difficult emotions, yep. or or maybe we need to rename this um you know bumps in the road or whatever yeah seem like i don't know how you term that but um i think one of the biggest things is giving yourself space to feel what you feel because Mm -hmm. one of the things that's come up through this is um do you want to talk about thanksgiving really quickly because i'm going to kind of connect the two sure okay so um one of the things that came up through this like is in thanks um thanksgiving we kind of had a disagreement and it did we already talk about this in an episode or no? Okay, I don't, maybe not. We'll keep it short just in case we did. But it, 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 there was just sort of a misfire. And what it really did for us was uh, really surprised us in that it took, it was kind of a trauma trigger for both of us. And we were not expecting that because we've been doing so great. And we really haven't both been activated that intensely. I don't know if ever we've both been activated that intensely at the same time before. So even when, um, you know, we were going through sort of the height of everything, you know, you might have been really depressed one day, or I might've been really angry one day or, you know, whatever, but this was both of us super activated at the same time. And it was not, it was not healthy. It was not good. Um, and it really took us into, into kind of trauma activation mode and like, just what what I mean by that is when you have these activations, it takes your nervous system back into the past. And so in that moment, even though we were fine and we've been fine and we were just having a disagreement, because of everything that we've been through, our nervous system was like your relationship is in danger, everything that you've done is a waste, um, you're horrible people, like your your nervous system just takes you right back into like the worst part of it. And and what was really, really unusual about that particular disagreement is that it was both of our nervous systems super heightened, super activated. That almost never happens. And, and so it was, like, really um, unusual. And so it just really took both of us off guard, I think. So what, the reason I brought that up is because one of the things that we kind of found, you know, uh, what you call after action plans or whatever. Like we, we kind of like
1: after action uh, review. Yeah.
0: We, we look back and we're kind of like, what just happened here? And, um, one of the things that kind of came up through that is I think, uh, you have sort of still holding on to this belief that in the end it's not going to work out or that I can just, you know, at the drop of a hat, say goodbye, even after everything we've been through, right? Like for um, like we disagree and that's it. Right. And so I, I was kind of thinking, you know, what if we create this, um, I don't know, we haven't determined what to call it yet, but like this list of commitments, right. This is relational, um, connection, commitment, um, document together about what we're bringing to the table and what we're committing to each other, because um, I, as we kind of have navigated this, I thought one of the things that would be nice is if we go, Hey, we're allowed to disagree and we're allowed to argue. And it's not, it's not the end of the world. It really is. Okay. Like you're, you're safe in those emotions and, and to really have kind of already talked through, you know, for, for you on your side, hey, really like the only thing that's going to get me to leave at this point is if you cheat again mm-hmm. right if you act out um otherwise like it's really okay for us to disagree and that's a that's an okay thing for our emotions to come up and for us to discuss things and you know to not always have it be right easy you know
1: yeah yeah you know it's it it. it if if i you know you trying to land the plane here on managing difficult emotions you know one, one of the things that, that our reaction was or my my reaction was is to get in to see my therapist so i scheduled him on Friday to try to work through this. I was really trying to work through some of the emotions that were coming up. Like, why Why did I consider a pass a failure? Why was I so nervous going into it? You know what I mean? All these different things. Um, I think it's pretty clear why you kind of got activated from it. I think it's just, it was a, um, and, and actually our, our therapist had an interesting take on it.
0: On the polygraph.
1: On the polygraph and the emotions of it. So. Early on, when you're in recovery, I guess you could argue, well, I, there are. I mean, like if you look at Patrick Carnes, I think his 20 steps, 40 steps, sorry, 30 steps to recovery, 100 steps. But there are early recovery tasks, there are mid-recovery tasks, and there's late recovery tasks, right? And so depending on what, you know, if you spent money, you got to make financial amends, you know, all these different things. And so there's levels of tasks and certainly the, the full therapeutic disclosure with um, uh, polygraph is an early recovery mm-hmm. task. Now, one of the things that does come up is is when you're in that kind of environment, there is a hierarchy that goes on there. So the betrayed spouse is generally kind of in charge of the betrayer you know you can only be on your phone 30 minutes a day we're not going to do this we're not going to you know what i mean all these different kind of series of boundaries and rules but as you move through recovery you know some of that stuff comes down right and as you're generating trust and things like that and you know that's that's specific to every couple but when you take an annual polygraph, it can take on the emotional feel of that hierarchy again. And so one of the things that, that our, our therapist uh, or my therapist brought up was it is entirely possible that that where we had been living in a, a level field with each other for a long time and starting to get along is we get into this polygraph and
0: starting to get
1: along well getting along better right like Like our
0: relationship we're living as a couple it's feeling stable right
1: we're living as a couple we're not not living in a positive right right and so um then you get to the annual polygraph and it's a series of questions i'm worried i'm gonna fail what's the you know what i mean and all of a sudden now and like your emotions kick back to maybe it's a it's a it's a uh trigger that brings you back emotionally to those early periods of and you know most most that
0: can be very unconscious right
1: right yeah and most you know it's like it's this whole thing and we've i think you've mentioned it before is you know you end up having to parent the addict right we don't really want to parent the addict you want to maybe parent them for a a brief period of time brief ish right you know whatever that may be six eight six months eight months a year but you don't want to live the rest of your life that way it's not healthy yeah you, you know, want a partnership yeah you, you want a partnership so there you know the polygraph could have what he way... was saying
0: is basically that what the polygraph my response to it um or the the emotions that came up after it basically was um because it brought up the old negative emotions it's like cellular memory or trauma memory mm-hmm. kind of bringing you back into the past kind of like I was talking about with the nervous system before and kind of putting you down. And so that <clears throat> that makes sense to an extent because it is a very subconscious thing. So like as you're sort of processing what happened – are like, yeah, but everything's fine. But then you have these emotions that are kind of uncomfortable coming up anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that makes sense.
1: So I think, you know, the, 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 the polygraph has the, the, the potential and much like other events like that has the potential to provide a tremendous amount of healing. It has the potential to really cement trust and it really has the opportunity to give um, some victory to both, sides of of the relationship it also if done wrong can traumatize it can uh set things back it can do all these different things right and of course it depends on the polygrapher i think once again you talked about our polygrapher yeah
0: but then we also took stock of like how we approached it this year Mm -hmm. and we didn't really handle it the same so normally um There's a review of the questions with your therapist that that wasn't done. And I think you didn't really have any conversations with me about it either. So you had taken the questions and said, oh, this is fine. And then went into it as as opposed to if that question brought up a thought, you know, let's clarify what that means and what my intention was with it so that you felt really confident. And so I think. It, as as nerve-wracking as the polygraph is, there was a sense almost of overconfidence or lack of preparation right. that that did come into play here. And so when we were looking back on it, we're like, okay, how, why did this happen? Mm-hmm. So obviously my question was a little too open-ended so it allowed for that thought loop to kind of um, you know allow your brain to have that time to ruminate so that the, it wasn't formulated properly. So on my end, I need to make sure that the questions are very clear. and um and then, you know, if we, if if i change questions again or whatever um they need to be reviewed obviously i think I was a big thing that we kind of thought
1: yeah afterwards right and-, and so you know when you talk about managing these difficult emotions one of the things that that can actually help you manage um your emotions maybe not in the moment you're in but it can help you in the future is do exactly what you're talking about. Go back through that scenario over the last week and say, okay, what was it that was driving this? What was happening? And then that way you can be, you know, you can develop a future plan. So, you know, next year we get to this point. You change the questions. You and I sit down and have a deliberate conversation and say, "What are you looking for? What has come up in the year, maybe that has caused you difficulty?" And then maybe what you do is you, you, you know, like you said, I'll send them to the therapist. I actually sit down with the polygrapher before the test even starts and says, "How do you feel about these four questions?" You know, he's such a nice guy. We, yeah. We're just catching up with each other, you know, blah blah, blah about this, about that, and then we, hey, you ready? And then we go, you know, and so, and then maybe also scheduling support. You know, it, when you do the full therapeutic disclosure uh, um, polygraph and whatever, you have people waiting for you, people ready to talk to you, you know, things like that. So, you know, maybe in the future, what we may need is is, you know, you need to have somebody on standby that you can talk to the next day to kind of process through how you feel and maybe myself as well. So, you know, I think I think that's it. It You know, you you, you can't predict when you're going to feel these tough emotions But you can be better prepared to uh, have someone help you with them, Mm -hmm. I think is, you know, like, and, and, you know, maybe sometimes it's not, you know, for like the way you were feeling the day after the polygraph. Maybe I wasn't the best person for you to talk to. It, must have, it might have been somebody else for you to kind of process through maybe the anger you were feeling and the unfairness that you were feeling and the disappointment you were feeling, you know? And so, because I know, you know, when I talked to my therapist on Friday, I was like, woo, when you came yeah, home. So yeah, I felt so much better because, you know, he said things like, well, you know, that question was pretty vague and most yeah. people probably would have failed that when one. we got
0: yeah. feedback from both people that that question, I was like, okay, well then, yeah. That answers basically all the questions. I don't really have an issue with what happened because yeah, yeah. that's the key. Right, I mean, it right, really is. Right.
1: So I think, you know, in, in, we talked about this. So how do you manage your emotions? Number one, you don't want to squash them. You want to talk about them. You want to get them out there. They're going to come. You know, you don't they're want them. They're there for them. a reason. Yeah. They're there for a reason. They're, they're talking to you. They're telling you that you've got some sort of fear or there's something that you haven't because you know, one of the things that went through my mind is am i a little bit too much in a performance state um you know because i want to i want to always pass the 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 polygraphs no and, problems. and, and polygraphs things. in 12 minutes you know i i actually can do them in a drive-through and you know what i mean and stuff like that but no that's actually not the case and and you know why is it that i feel that way so yeah, i felt think like
0: you failed even though you passed yeah
1: so i think when we talk about managing you know difficult emotions you know there are definitive processes that you can use deep breathing you can you know reach out for help in the moment and those are all very powerful things but i think probably the broader perspective is why am i feeling these and then what do i need to do about that and then because bad things will happen again and the better you're equipped yeah as they come around the better you're going to be able to manage those emotions as they come up
0: well i think a couple things i would say about it is that. I don't actually view that as a – I don't know how you view it now, but I don't really view that whole after the polygraph emotions negatively too much because I think – I actually think the way we processed and moved through was pretty healthy in terms of like you – you communicated what you could in the time. And then as you processed, you communicated more and, um, you felt safe to come home and be sad and kind of be frustrated that you didn't pass and, and talk through. And, and I kind of was help trying to bring you down a little bit and kind of help you feel like everything's fine. Right. And then the next day I felt safe to be a little irritated and I wasn't like lashing out at you or, um, having, you know, five hour conversations with you about the addiction or anything. I just kind of said like that these emotions are coming up for me and that's kind of how I feel today. And it's, it's totally, I kind of was like, it's fine. Like it'll, you know, we, we didn't have to talk about it a whole lot. Um, I, I kind of think I, I think I even said, like, this is how I'm feeling and it'll be okay or something like that. Right. Like it was kind of, it'll be fine and um then we did and like within 48 hours or so we were totally fine and I think I think the end result there because we didn't just go oh no it's actually like I can't feel this way or anything like that the they moved through and because of all the work we've done we didn't really go backwards we just had this little kind of You'll get a heart monitor or whatever. It's like a little spike, right? But mm-hmm. then you came back to the same place. It's not like we went back three steps because then we kind of got back to our life and we were fine. Yeah,
1: actually, you can argue that you actually don't go back to the spot you were at. You actually, if you repair well and resolve things appropriately and and have a uh, a good perspective, you actually move forward. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know. I
0: think that's the other thing that I was going to mention. Why I brought up the Thanksgiving thing is I think that other Piece. it's always safety is important no matter what phase you're in it's always important and so if you get into a thing like we did in thanksgiving where we didn't feel safe in the moment we have to kind of look back and go well why didn't we with everything that we've done what came up there and so that's when we sort of noticed like the fears of like okay if if we argue too harshly or whatever i'm afraid that this will end in divorce because of everything else that's a totally separate issue right and so that's why i was like well how, how can we respond then in a way that creates a, a little bit more of that safety to address that concern? Right. And so that's where I think the document comes in, where it's like this is the um, commitment and expectation moving forward after everything we've been through. And what does that look like mm-hmm. so that you don't really feel like you can't express yourself or else I'll divorce you? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and certainly, you know, that 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 uh, feeling was at play. You know, like okay, if I if I struggle on a polygraph, well, it's it's over. You know, so that was at play as well. So those, you know, and and since we had had that conversation, I was really trying to pull myself back. But it took me a good yeah. thirty six hours to to kind of process through that. And I think I think maybe that's the that would be the last thing I would tell people too on managing difficult emotions. Don't try to do it quickly sometimes it takes you a little bit of time and don't be surprised if it if it does take you a little bit of time to kind of make sense of a, of a stressful event mm-hmm. you know what I mean and, and it, it is okay and yeah you know, actually we joked about this but it is okay to go listen I I need to get some sleep tonight I, I can't you know like that is okay and you got to be careful when you say it and, you know like the day of discovery if you tell your spouse I need some sleep tonight. I can't talk about it. That's probably, that's probably inappropriate. Well, it's
0: also not, and this actually, I think is an important thing to throw in there. It's also not a a really good thing to say when your spouse is in the middle of a lot of activation. Mm -hmm. So if Mm -hmm. I, if I am like panicking and having, uh, like, I'm super activated and I'm, you know, maybe hyperventilating or crying or anything like that, that's not the time to shut it down.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You
0: know, that's, that is not what we're talking about. And sometimes that happens, you know, you, it's just, so that's not, that's really yeah, not okay. Yeah. Um, But no, like we were just sort of like, oh, this is a little uncomfortable, Um, but we know we're going to move through it and we're not going to hash it out at 10 o'clock at night tonight. Yeah. Right,
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's all I got. I think, you know, that I wanted to talk through what, what was a difficult week that ended on a real high and and you know there was a lot of emotions in in yeah. that week. And well,
0: I and, think if you had to summarize it, it's like going back and analyzing okay is there a hole in our safety foundation Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and what are the the fears or the limiting beliefs that come out sort of like you would do if you relapsed right like if when you talk to people about relapsing it's like okay what was the what were the ruminating thoughts there Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. led us into this spiral because those are fears that still need to be addressed and so so safety always like what does that look like um communication, validating the emotions and the feelings, not trying to suppress them, reaching out for help. Mm -hmm. So talking to people and letting people know that you're sad or you're struggling or talking to your therapist, your friend or your support group. And then, um, also, I mean, I think those kind of like, if we mush up everything that we just talked about, those are kind of the three big things, but then, you mentioned ending on a high note, and I was like, "Yes, please, let's talk about um, just before we end. Like, give people some hope here because this was a lot yeah. of like, ah, we've been on the struggle bus, but not really. Like, oh, these were like uh, little blips. Yeah. Um. So, kind of wrapping up the year almost, and then um, the conversation definitely. But like, you know, have we have we been in a good place?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think it's always important in anything that you're working towards to go. Okay, it's December tenth at five forty seven p.m. Are we in a better place today than we were December 10th at 5 47 p.m. last year? And I think the way you're just laughing, and I know that to be the case, you're like, oh, absolutely we are. So you know, there's certainly fruit in the journey. And and so I, you know, I think you know, the 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 journey that happened this week and the emotions that we were feeling and and moving through, we're not the death knell of our of our relationship, but we're certainly a uh a, a, a Um, step in continuing to to grow and and repair and recover this relationship
0: and i think um just from my own history my own life history and unhealthy attachment um attachments maybe that i've had in my life one of the things that this process has taught me that's kind of been weird and uncomfortable to accept is that these types of disagreements are actually normal like, like that was something we talked about at Thanksgiving where we both had to sit back and go, oh, actually, even though our nervous systems were like, oh, you're back in the trauma of betrayal, the reality was we we had a disagreement on something totally separated from that issue. It had nothing to do with betrayal. It had nothing to do, right? But um, it brought us back into that. And so kind of thinking through hey, these are, this is normal. Like this is okay. And actually it can be safe. It can actually be healthy mm-hmm. and totally okay to have these conversations and it doesn't have to be scary. Yeah. And so I think in a way we had to go through that because we don't really argue very much. And so we don't really disagree, mm-hmm. much less argue, like get upset about things. And so I think to have that and then look back and be like, oh, we can actually do that in a healthier way. Yeah. Um. But also that it's safe to do that and then having um, the little blip in the polygraph, I mean, I don't know how you feel after the polygraph, but after you ha- you really personally beat yourself up for it. And I had to process a little bit in the 24 hours, but I was, I think I was pretty supportive of like, no, I know you were telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Now, emotions might still come up for me, but I know you were telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know for you, having gone through that, if it makes you feel even more like, oh, she really does trust me. And like, did that actually on your end help you? Yeah, think-
1: it, it really did. And I also think that, you know, like it's the, uh, because here, and you and I talked about this, it did work out, right? Mm-hmm. When you tell the truth, it did work out. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, there was a blip and there was all these different things, but it worked out, right? it actually kind of worked out. So it's like, you know, they're there, you know, you can handle it. I can handle it. We'll get through this, you know. When when things you know things get a little weird, like we cu- couldn't understand, like what the heck's going on? Like I didn't know what was going on when it was first brought up to you. You're like, what? And, yeah. and so it
0: took us a minute to process. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. so,
1: but it's okay. The report still says no deception noted. You know, block is checked. We're moving on into twenty four. And you know what I mean, and and and, and we're still talking to each other.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're even recording a podcast. Yeah, right, today. right, that. yeah,
1: So yeah. Anyway,
0: so any other, um, any other encouragement about managing difficult emotions or getting through to the other side?
1: Um, don't think that because you get them that something's wrong. Mm. You know, you're going to get them. Um, listen to them, and also understand be patient with them that sometimes they will process through quickly and sometimes it can take a little bit longer and yeah. with a little bit more help yeah and, to, and to, like to you said that's where general. it's
0: it's helpful yeah. to have um people to talk to because it's right.
1: friends therapists. and then you
0: hear stories like this you are like oh i think this couple's getting along so well and wait they had an argument that's normal like that's okay yeah yes yeah. it is Absolutely. yeah and so that's where community can come into really just a uh, I use that word, make you feel normal. Like this is life. This is normal. This is okay. It's not bad. It's It doesn't have to be um, scary. And for us, it didn't have to take us back to square one. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast interesting or helpful, it would mean so much if you leave a five-star review or post a screenshot and share on social media. We are on a mission to share the message of recovery and you can help get the word out. If you know a friend who could use this podcast, please share it.